Hi guys, Maddie Parsons here with Summer. Say hi, Summer. Hello. And welcome to another episode of IV, a racing podcast, where we look at the careers of Formula One drivers who had great junior careers but just couldn't string it together to get ultimate glory in Formula One. Today we're going to look at someone who, were it not for some of the worst timing, wouldn't be anywhere near the list of drivers that we normally talk about on this podcast. Today's subject is the Brazilian wonder Felipe Massa. Now, Felipe was born in Sao Paulo area of Brazil in 1981 and very quickly became interested in racing. At the young age of eight, Felipe first began his racing journey in a local karting championship, placing fourth in his debut season, so already showing some really quick pace in that championship. Over the next seven years, he continued to develop himself in karting nationally and internationally before winning the, uh, apologies to anyone who speaks Portuguese, Quinhentas Milhas de Grandia Viana establishing himself as the best Brazilian carter there was. It's like the 5,000-mile karting championship. Um, as with any driver, after proving himself in karting, he took the next step to formula racing, entering into the 1998 season of Formula Chevrolet in Brazil. Now, that's not an awful lot of information on the internet about Formula Chevrolet around this time. I tried to find video footage of the races and only found one that was way after Felipe had moved on to another series. But it was essentially like any other low-level formula racing. So bigger than the go-karts, faster than the go-karts, um, but, you know, still junior categories there. In the first year of formula racing, Felipe finished in fifth in the championship, having won a race in the season and moved to the MasterCard Formula Chevrolet team for the 1999 season. The 99 campaign was much more successful for Felipe, with three wins and six podiums for the year. He was crowned Formula Chevrolet Brazil champion at 18 years old. So he's 18 years old, he's setting the Formula Racing World alight in Brazil. He's ready for that next step, right? Yes, but what? Well, so... But what happens? Well, for anyone to really make it in Formula Racing and make it to Formula 1, they have to move to Europe. Because there's not that big of a pathway in South America for this kind of thing. They have to move to Europe and prove themselves amongst all the best drivers in Europe to make it to the, to the big time. So uh, he moved to, he, he made the move to Europe where all aspiring racers dream to be. And the competition in Europe is much stronger. There's more racing options. And it's much more likely to be noticed for a big team if you're racing where they're based. Now, in his first year in Europe, Felipe raced in the Italian Formula Renault 2.0 and the Formula Renault 2.0 Euro Cup. So basically the National Italian Junior Championship and the Europe-wide Championship of cars in the same build. Uh, in the Italian Formula Renault Championship, Felipe drove a brilliant campaign, proving he was quick to adapt to the competition in Europe. So he's got there, and he's already beating all of these like seasoned European races. Um, and at the end of the Italian season, Felipe found himself tied for the most points on 147 alongside Raffaele Genlaria. But with more wins to his name throughout the season, Felipe was crowned Formula Renault 2.0 Italian champion. So... If a driver's tied on points for first place, they do a count back, like if they've won the most races, if they've won the same, same amount of races, then it's how many second places they've got through the season. But we didn't have to get that far down. Uh, while, racing, uh, while racing along the likes of uh, Kimi Raikkonen and Anthony Davidson, Felipe was the strongest in the field, winning three races and earning 140 points, 16 points clear of second place in the Euro Cup series. This meant that in his first year in Europe, Felipe Massa had won two championships. So not too bad for his first venture across the pond. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. 
The feat did not go unnoticed in the Formula One paddock, as Swiss outfit Sauber picked up Felipe for a test role in the 2001 season, with the intention of putting him in a race seat for the 2002 Formula One World Championship, while they elected to sign Kimi Raikkonen for the 2001 campaign. With the 2002 seat on offer, Felipe elected to drive in the Euro Formula 3000 Championship, so that's one step below uh, Formula One at that stage. They had some weird naming conventions for the championships at the time. <clears throat> Sorry. In eight races that season, Felipe earned six pole positions and six race wins, almost doubling the points of the next best runner and winning the championship comprehensively. In 2002, Felipe moved up to the big leagues with the Sauber Petronas Formula One team, pairing up with the occasionally quick and future F uh, IV podcast episode, Nick Heidfeld. So Felipe's Formula One career started on a promising note, outqualifying his teammate at the first race in Melbourne. In what, in what has to be one of the most frustrating race debuts, Felipe's first ever F1 race didn't even last past the first corner. So in the chaotic flurry of activity at the front, Ralph Schumacher drove his Williams straight up the back of Rubens Barrichello's Ferrari and like flew over. It was, it was one of the most spectacular crashes I think I've seen. Um, and there was uh, eight cars eliminated from the race in the pileup at the start. Two of these cars were the Saubers of Nick Heidfeld and Felipe Massa. So not a great start to his big time career. Uh, in Malaysia, Felipe fell behind his teammate in qualifying and needed quite an effort to prove his pace in the race. The race ended with Felipe finishing one place behind Heidfeld in sixth place, getting him his first point in the Formula One field. That's so pretty good. It's pretty good, yeah. So there. He's, he didn't qualify great, but as soon as he got in the race, he turned it on. Yeah, yeah. that's all that matters. That's right. You don't get points on Saturday, you get points on Sunday. Um... So, uh, in Felipe's first home Grand Prix at the Interlagos circuit in Sao Paulo, Brazil, we once again saw that Heidfeld was the quicker of the two Saubers in qualifying, starting three spots ahead of Massa for the race. Now, Felipe crashed out of the race, while his teammate also retired with a brake failure in that one. In Monaco, both Saubers were really struggling in qualifying, with, uh, with Massa only managing 13th place, four ahead of his teammate. With 12 laps remaining in the race, Felipe's first Monaco Grand Prix came to a rough end as he locked his brakes and drove straight into turn one, plowed straight through the barriers and destroyed the front end of his car. So not a great start to his career. He's got that point in Malaysia, but he's still, you know, still dabbling around there at the moment. After a disappointing Canadian race for both Sauber drivers, Massa managed to come home in sixth in the European Grand Prix at the Nürburgring, one position ahead of his teammate and securing the final point of the race. That would also sadly be Felipe's last point of his debut season. The rest of the year, there was like a string of retirements. Uh, twice in a row, he finished seventh, which is one spot below the points. And in the Italian Grand Prix at Monza, Felipe cut across in front of Jaguar, driven by Pedro De La Rosa, heading into the Ascari chicane, causing suspension damage on De La Rosa's car and forcing his own car into retirement. The race stewards saw fit to give Massa a 10-place grid penalty and one race suspension, so he'd have to miss the 2002 US Grand Prix uh, because he'd been sidelined for his incident, um, and that Grand Prix would be driven instead by Heinz Harold Frentzen, whose Arrows team had dissolved earlier in the year, leaving him without a seat. After sitting out the US Grand Prix, Massa finished the season at Suzuka for the Japanese Grand Prix. He didn't get to enjoy the season finale for long though. On lap 3, he understeered into the first downhill part of the Degnus Corners and ploughed straight through the gravel trap into a wall, ending his season prematurely. At the end of his rookie year, Felipe Massa had 4 points to his teammate's 7. So not, not horrible considering the car was pretty unreliable and he had some pretty bad crashes as well. The summary of Felipe's year was essentially that he was quick, 
but a little accident prone. So hopefully he'll be able to clear that up in the future seasons, right? So for the 2003 season, Sauber signed Massa's US Grand Prix replacement driver Heinz Harold Frentzen to partner Nick Heidfeld, while Felipe became the test driver for Ferrari. Felipe's love of racing saw him head back to Brazil and uh, compete in the uh, Quintenas Emilias de Granja Viana in both the 2002 and 2003 seasons, just for a bit of fun. You know, go home uh, and, and race in these carts that you used to drive as a kid. Um, after Sauber elected not to retain Frentzen and Heidfeld for the 2004 season, Felipe found himself back behind the wheel of the Swiss team's car, partnering Italian Giancarlo Fisichella in the opening round in Melbourne. Felipe showed some serious pace, dicing with Kimi Raikkonen's McLaren before both he and Kimi retired from the race with mechanical issues. A hot race in Malaysia was plagued by retirements, but Felipe's Sauber managed to hang on and finish in 8th place, earning the final point of the race a few positions ahead of teammate Fisichella. A disappointing effort in Bahrain saw both Saubers finish well down the order, and in San Marino, Massa started well ahead of his teammate, who did not set a time in qualifying. Despite this, though, Fisichella was the better finishing of the two Saubers, but they both just finished right outside the points. Uh, in the Spanish Grand Prix, Massa was outside the points while his teammate Fisichella scored two points for Sauber in seventh place, and in chaotic Monaco race, Felipe's teammate ended up flipped upside down against the barriers in a wreck on the second lap, and Felipe managed to keep his nose clean and take fifth place. So he got four points in, uh, in this one race in Monaco, notably as many points in a single race as he got in his entire rookie season back in 2002. After an average showing at the Nürburgring and a pretty heavy crash in Canada, Felipe's bad luck continued, getting caught up in a first corner accident in Indianapolis. Over the next few races, Massa was outpaced by his teammate and retirement also caused headaches. But in the Belgian Grand Prix at Spa-Francorchamps, Felipe managed an inspired fourth place in what was a really chaotic race that saw only nine cars cross the finish line. After this, Felipe only managed to score two more points for the entire season, ending the year on 12 points, 10 points ahead of his teammate Fisichella. On the back of the 2004 season, Fisichella was picked up by Renault to race alongside Fernando Alonso and Formula One world champion Jacques Villeneuve was brought in to partner Massa at Sauber. This season would give Felipe Massa a chance to prove himself against someone who's not only a race winner, but he's a champion from back in 1997. So a pretty good yardstick for him to measure himself against, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this season was all round pretty forgettable for both Felipe and the Sauber team. They got their lowest constructor placing since 2000, and the Swiss manufacturer was looking elsewhere to find success, and found themselves bought out by BMW to become BMW Sauber for the 2006 season. Over the year, Massa did in fact prove himself to be better than the old champion Villeneuve, finishing one place ahead of the Canadian in the Drivers' Championship. When BMW bought out Sauber, Felipe was picked up by Ferrari, to partner seven-time world champion Michael Schumacher for the 2006 season. And now meaning for the first time in his career, Felipe was actually in a car that was capable of winning. After a poor start to his career at the Scuderia in Bahrain, Felipe finished ahead of his veteran teammate in Malaysia. In Australia, Felipe barely made it through Turn 1 before getting into trouble, being squeezed between the Williams of Nico Rosberg and the Red Bull of Christian Kleon, and heading backwards into the wall in a cloud of smoke and debris. So he's not having much luck in Australia, is he? No, but he seems to have a thing about running into walls a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that does happen. <laughs> Probably a little more than you'd hope, right? Um, and in San Marino Grand Prix, Felipe managed fourth place while his teammate won the race in a nail-biter. 
In the European uh, race at Nürburgring, Felipe found himself in a podium position for the first time in his F1 career. His teammate Schumacher won the race, gaining Ferrari a nice points haul for the round. Following a fourth place in Spain, the season headed to Monaco. In qualifying, Felipe spun and was unable to set a time, meaning they'd have to start the race from the back of the grid on a circuit where it wasn't easy to overtake. His teammate Schumacher was fastest in qualifying, but he was penalised and sent to start behind Massa for the race after some um, funny business at the end of the qualifying session. What kind of funny business? He'd set the fastest time, but there was a faster car coming through. So he, um, he parked his car right on the apex of the last corner, so, so they had to stop the session, uh, meaning that no one else could set a time faster than him. <laughs> Some cheeky tricks from the seven-time world champion. Um, now, as, as a result of the bad starting position, Massa finished just outside of the points for the race. A fifth place of the British Grand Prix and fifth in Canada led to the US Grand Prix at Indianapolis, where Ferrari started the weekend well ahead of the pack, qualifying first and second for the race. The dominance showed when Massa finished second place behind his teammate Schumacher for a Ferrari 1-2, and Massa's best result of his career so far. For the French Grand Prix, Felipe managed to qualify in second, but in the race, dropped one spot to third, securing another podium. The German Grand Prix saw another Ferrari 1-2, as Massa scored his third podium in a row, starting to get some form as he goes through this season. A rain-affected race in Hungary saw this streak end as Felipe ended up in seventh, one position ahead of teammate Schumacher. The Turkish Grand Prix weekend was one to remember for Felipe, as he managed his first F1 pole position just ahead of Schumacher, and went on to score his first F1 victory. In front of the Ferrari favouring crowd in Italy, Felipe was running a good point-scoring race until locking up his tyres amongst the smoke from Fernando Alonso's failing Renault, and dropped out of points positions. At this stage of the season, Felipe was third place for the Drivers' Championship behind Alonso and teammate Schumacher. This race also saw... Schumacher announcing his retirement from Formula One racing at the end of the 2006 season, and it was announced that Kimi Raikkonen would move across from McLaren to partner him for the 2007 season. Felipe crashed out in China and in Japan, put himself on pole position, but a tyre issue early dropped him down to second, uh, leaving him in third place in the championship heading into the final round with Schumacher and Alonso 10 points apart ahead of him. At his home race in Brazil, Felipe wore a special green, yellow, and blue overalls and took pole position and followed it up with a comprehensive win on Sunday. After the race, Felipe stopped his car on track to be handed a Brazilian flag by a marshal, which should have technically seen him be penalised for this, but the FIA decided to let him have fun in front of his home crowd as it was the first time a Brazilian driver had won their home race since the late, great Ayrton Senna. Um... The 2007 Formula One season is one of the most memorable in recent history for an array of reasons, from a spying controversy to an unbelievable conclusion to the year that saw the top three drivers separated by a single point in the standings. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves just yet, though. Australia started uh, didn't bring the best start to the year as Felipe had a mechanical failure force him to start from the back of the grid, while new teammate Raikkonen took pole position. Both 07 and 08 would be... Years fought almost exclusively between Ferrari and McLaren, with Lewis Hamilton and two-time reigning world champion Fernando Alonso lining up for McLaren. That season didn't start great for Massa, an issue in qualifying forced him to start 22nd place, but he managed to claw back 6th place in the race uh, with his new teammate Raikkonen won the race with Alonso and Hamilton in 2nd and 3rd. And then a sloppy race in Malaysia saw him go from pole position to 5th place. 
Bahrain saw Felipe win from pole, something he repeated at the next race in Barcelona, moving him to third in the driver's standings behind Hamilton and Alonso in the McLaren. Another third came in Monaco, again behind the two McLarens, and then Felipe was disqualified in Canada for ignoring the red light at the end of pit lane to stop cars going out into traffic. Um, Redemption came in Indianapolis when Massa came third, again behind the two McLarens, and in France, Ferrari managed to earn first and second with Raikkonen ahead of Massa, and by the end of that round, Felipe was just three points behind second-placed Alonso. Around this time, there were reports that McLaren's drivers were unhappy with each other, and the rivalry was taking its toll on the only team competing against Ferrari at the top of the tables. This is when the incident known as Spygate began to work its way into public knowledge, a controversy that would drag on for months and cause McLaren to be disqualified from the Constructors' Championship. Uh, Silverstone was an average race for Felipe, and the race at Nürburgring was a wild one, with about eight drivers sliding off the track on a very wet turn one. Felipe was leading until the late stages of the race, when Alonso brushed by him to take the win. There was a bit of contact between the two during the move, and Alonso called out Massa after the race, saying he was driving dangerously. And then, in the cool-down room between the end of the race and the podium, uh, they got into a pretty heated argument, uh, where Alonso was basically accusing him of being a dangerous driver, and Massa was just saying that Alonso's move was dangerous, and it was just very, very, um... Back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, a bit heated. Um... Ahead of Hungary, more details on Spygate emerged, and it was discovered that McLaren had the blueprints and technical details of Ferrari's car, and were using them to their advantage after a former Ferrari engineer gave the plans to McLaren, and a McLaren engineer was spotted making photocopies of the technical details at a copy shop in England. Um, the, in, in Hungary, McLaren just started to fall apart. Despite both drivers uh, being top of the championship, their relationship had become toxic, and Alonso and Hamilton were actively sabotaging each other. But that was great news for Felipe and for Ferrari. For the second year in a row, Felipe won the Turkish Grand Prix, and a few weekends later, Ferrari got another 1-2 finish with Raikkonen winning, meaning Felipe was jumped by his teammate in the standings and now stood fourth. A race in typhoon season at the Fuji Speedway in Japan saw a lot of drivers crash out, and for Felipe was highlighted by a no-holds-barred tussle with Robert Kubica that saw the two bumping each other off the track in the heavy rain. In the season finale, Felipe was fourth uh, and out of the running for the championship. It ended up being decided by one point, as Ferrari teammate Kimi Raikkonen won the race, putting him on 110 points, with the two McLarens of Alonso and Hamilton tied on 109 points. Uh, this takes us to 2008, which is a pretty massive year in Formula 1 and crucial one for Felipe. He had proven that he's a race winner. Ferrari had won the Constructors' Championship in 2007 and his teammate was newly crowned World Drivers' Champion. Uh, so it was all to play for. Alonso had left McLaren following the debacle of 2007 back to his championship team of Renault from 2005-2006. And Hamilton was a proven star going into his second year in the sport. Also, the 2008 cars were, were batshit crazy. They had all sorts of weird aero features on them. Uh, they looked like space-age things, like much more... They looked more modern than the cars that we get today. Um, unfortunately, Felipe's 2008 season only lasted 15 seconds before his first woes in um, Australia. Again, <laughs> great luck in Australia. 15 seconds into the race, he had uh, spun and broken the front wing off his car. Uh, he fought his way back through the field with a new front wing, but had another collision at turn one and then his engine failed. So not great start to his 2008 campaign. 
Hamilton won round one and took a 10-point advantage. What promised to be a good weekend in Malaysia ended when Felipe spun off the track halfway through the race and his teammate won the race. But Felipe bounced back in Bahrain to take the win and Hamilton failed to score any points. So Felipe is four points behind Lewis at this stage. Spain saw another weekend of Ferrari dominance, with Raikkonen leading home a 1-2 finish with Hamilton's McLaren coming home third. This saw Hamilton's lead over Massa drop to just two points. Next up was a track that Felipe had won from pole for the past two years, Turkey. So what do you think happened this time round? He, he won ra- from pole position. Oh, I was going to say he ran into a wall. <laughs> no, no, he's, he has better luck at Turkey than mm. he does in Melbourne. Uh, so he won from pole position. Um, and uh, he won from pole position, meaning that Felipe and Hamilton were level on points heading into Monaco. Hamilton won in Monaco and Felipe finishing third and then in Canada... Hamilton didn't see a red light at the end of the pit lane and knocked himself and Raikkonen out of the race. So when Massa came home in fifth place, it tied him and Hamilton in second in the championship behind BMW's Robert Kubica. In France, Felipe won the race while Hamilton finished outside the points, but a horrendous weekend in England saw Hamilton, Massa and Raikkonen tied up again on 48 points each. After a podium finish in Germany, Felipe's engine failed on him while he was dominating in Hungary, gifting a lead in the championship to Hamilton. A win in Valencia boosted Felipe's title hopes, and then in Belgium, Hamilton crossed the line first and started celebrating his win ahead of Massa, but later that evening, Lewis was handled a 25-second penalty for cutting the chicane to get ahead of Raikkonen earlier in the race. That meant that Felipe was awarded 10 points for winning the race. While 2007 had Spygate, 2008 had its own controversy with, tra- with Crashgate in, in Singapore. Uh, Massa took pole and was leading handily through the early stages, but Renault pitted Alonso early and told second driver Piquet to crash into a wall in order to cause a safety car and slow everyone else down. While Alonso made the most of the chaos and ended up first, nobody would know this until the next year. So it all seemed really coincidental and like really good luck from, for Alonso, but really it was cheating. Uh, Massa also had an issue where his fuel hose stayed connected to his car at his pit stop, and he ended up driving this giant metal pipe the whole way down the length of the pits. Uh, He pulled up at the end of the pits and dropped down to the back of the fields while the fuel hose was retrieved by the team, and he finished down in 13th place. So at this point, Hamilton led Massa by 7 points. A bad result for Hamilton and a 7th for Felipe kept them relatively close after the race at Mount Fuji, and Robert Kubica in the BMW Sauber found himself the only other driver still mathematically capable of winning the championship heading into China for the last two races. In China, Fernando Alonso said that he would do what he could to help Massa win the championship over his old teammate Hamilton, saying he'd rather see the the Ferrari win over the McLaren. Uh, Hamilton won in Shanghai ahead of Massa, meaning that he sat seven points ahead of Felipe heading into the final race in Massa's home city of Sao Paulo, Brazil. The maths was simple. If Felipe was going to be world champion, uh, he would have to either finish second with Hamilton eighth or lower, or win with Hamilton finishing sixth or lower. Massa started the weekend well, qualifying on pole position, and Hamilton started fourth. The rain began to fall just before the race start meaning drivers would have to compete with the weather as well as the other drivers on the grid. After the first round of pit stops, it was getting dry, and Massa came out in first, while Hamilton dropped back to seventh. Near the end of the race, it started raining again, and Hamilton stopped for wet tyres, dropping him way down the order. A lap later, Massa did the same thing. It was too risky to stay out on dry tyres in those conditions. Hamilton was sixth, 
and tussling with Vettel for fifth, uh, with the young German driver ahead of him and keeping behind with only laps to go. Uh, Massa crossed the line in first place. He'd done everything he could. Now he just needed Lewis to stay where he was in sixth place and he would be world champion. With one corner to go for Hamilton, it looked to be Massa's championship. Vettel was keeping Lewis behind him and Lewis needed that extra point to win. What nobody took into consideration was that the man in fourth place, Toyota's Timo Glock, was still out on dry tyres and really struggling in the wet conditions. As they climbed up the hill towards the final stretch, Hamilton sailed past the struggling Toyota and pushed himself into fifth place. The celebrations in the Ferrari garage uh, came to a crashing halt as they realised their man had missed the championship by one slow Toyota. So at this point, like... They're all jumping around, they're spraying champagne in the... Well, they're not quite spraying the champagne, but they've got the champagne ready to spray in the garage. They think their man's won the championship. And a mechanic has to tell the family, your boy didn't win. And at that point, uh, the mechanic runs to the wall and headbutts it, smashing a glass panel on the side of the pit wall. Oh, it's a bit dramatic. <laughs> a little bit. After the heartbreak of the 2008 championship decider, Melbourne of 2009 couldn't come soon enough for Felipe and the Ferrari team. But a host of new rule changes meant the cars looked and performed a lot differently to the previous couple of years. Those spaceship-like designs from the 2008 season were outlawed, and what became very sleek, stripped-back look from the cars. This meant there were likely to be new teams that the design changes suited, and some of the more dominant teams from the past few years would drop back in order a little bit. There was an aerodynamic loophole that three teams discovered and put into place on their 2009 cars from the first race. Ferrari was not one of them. Newly formed team Braun GP and midfield team from 2008 Red Bull were the two teams setting the racetrack alight while teams who had dominated the last few years, Ferrari and McLaren, were playing catch-up from the start. In the race, Felipe's car suffered mechanical issues and he was forced to watch the end of the race from the pit lane. Torrential rain saw an early end to the Malaysian Grand Prix with Massa in ninth place when the race was called off, meaning he got no points in the round and Ferrari started the... Uh, started the year with zero points from the first two rounds. Something that would have been unthinkable heading into that year. It's Ferrari, right? They're supposed to score points. That's what they're built for. Zero points for the first two races. In China, Felipe was finally on the way to a good finish, running in the top three before his engine computer failed and stopped, on on, stopped the car on track in the rain. In Bahrain, poor performance from the car and an early crash caused minor damage saw Massa finishing down in 14th place. Uh, meaning after being so close to winning it all the previous year, Felipe had gone four races without scoring a single point, and his teammate had scored just three. Spain finally saw some relief, some relief for Felipe as he qualified fourth, but on race day, while fighting for a podium position, fuel concerns forced him to slow down or he wouldn't make it to the end of the race, and he fell back to sixth. On the plus side, he'd finally scored his first points of the season. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Ferrari were in a bad state heading to Monaco, but suddenly they looked competitive on the tight street circuit. Raikkonen came home in third, and Felipe in fourth, hopefully starting a bit of a turnaround that would see them winning again, especially as the season was then headed to Turkey, where Felipe had won from pole the last three years. Unfortunately, the Ferrari wasn't the powerhouse car it had been the last few seasons, and he could only qualify seventh, which he turned into sixth place in the race. In the British Grand Prix, Ferrari once again proved uncompetitive, and Massa started the race outside the top 10, but somehow pieced together a fantastic race and finished fourth. When the season headed to Germany, Ferrari's poor qualifying pace showed up again, with both Massa and Raikkonen qualifying in bad positions, and when his teammates slowed down with damage, 
that all of Ferrari's hopes for a good result rested on Massa. He didn't disappoint, bringing the car home in third behind the two quick Red Bulls. The next race would be a turning point for Felipe as Formula One headed to Hungary. In the second part of qualifying, Felipe suddenly stopped steering his car and drove straight into the wall ahead at full speed. (laughs) Yeah, there he is with his walls again, right? Uh, Nobody was sure what happened at first, but it was quickly apparent to marshals at the circuit that something had struck Felipe's head and rendered him unconscious heading into the corner. It turns out that a piece of suspension from the Braun Grand Prix car of Rubens Barrichello had flown off and struck Felipe in the visor of his helmet, fracturing his skull just above his left eye. So he was placed in a medically induced coma and the whole grid held its breath. Surgeons operated on his skull and soon enough word was spreading through the F1 teams that he was recovering well and signs were good. Reserve driver Luca Badoa uh, took over Felipe's seat for a couple of races but proved to be almost dangerously slow in a car that that had podium scoring potential. So he was replaced by Italian driver and Felipe's former Sauber teammate Giancarlo Fisichella who was released from his contract at Force India team to fill the seat for the final rounds. The year ended disappointingly for Ferrari. They ended up fourth place in the Constructors' Championship and looked ahead to 2010. 2010 started a lot better for both Felipe and Ferrari after the team had paid Raikkonen two years of his contract to not race for them anymore. They sent him off. They said, we'll pay you out your contract, but you're not racing for Ferrari. You're not racing in Formula 1. So he went and drove like NASCAR trucks. (laughs) But uh, so Felipe's new teammate was Fernando Alonso, a two-time world champion. Um... In Bahrain, pace was obvious as Ferrari scored a 1-2 finish, and in Australia, Felipe also performed well, finishing in third, though there were streaks of the brilliance from Felipe after the accident. He didn't seem to have that same spark that almost propelled him to greatness in 2008. In Germany, he was leading the race and would have definitely won his first race since Brazil 2008, but Ferrari ordered him to give first place to his teammate in a bid for good points in the championship. As it turns out, that win in the wet in Brazil in the championship decider of 2008 was the very last time Felipe Massa would would take top step of the podium. A few more years at Ferrari of somewhat competitive driving, and then some years driving at Williams better than it deserved to be driven, saw Felipe announcing his retirement from Formula 1 at the end of the 2016 season. But then Williams needed him back when their main driver, Valtteri Bottas, moved to Mercedes to partner Lewis Hamilton. So Felipe announced that he would be retiring from Formula 1 at the end of the 2017 season instead. Uh, now, after his return to racing from his crash, Felipe admitted that he wasn't coping well mentally with being racing again, and eventually hired a psychologist to develop strategies to regain the fighting instinct that made him so competitive in his championship fighting years. He certainly remained a fighter, but there just wasn't the right equipment at his, at his disposal at this point to fight for championships. Ferrari had its worst decade in history from 2010 to 2020, and Williams haven't truly fought for, for championships since 2003. So Massa's championship hopes ended when that damn Toyota gave up a position on the last corner of Brazil in 2008. It would be interesting to see if Felipe would have been one of the more sought-after drivers through the reshuffling of the grid that happened in the early 2010s had it not been for that accident in Hungary 2009. He was considered a brilliant and quick driver, and he had almost been world champion. So it figures that if Ferrari didn't have a good enough car for him, Felipe would have slotted in somewhere like Red Bull or Mercedes, the biggest question revolves around that loose spring in Hungary and how it changed Felipe's career from then on out. These days, Felipe has a contract with Formula E team Venturi. Hey guys, just jumping in here to say I did in fact make a mistake. Uh, Felipe did have a contract with Venturi and raced for them for a couple of seasons, but has now uh, finished up his Formula E career as well, retiring from professional racing.
and has managed one podium with the team in his Formula E electric racing career. So, Summer, that is the story of Felipe Massa. What do you think about that? Uh, do you think he's ever going to come back or is he done for good? I think he's too old now for Formula oh. One. Um, he's he's definitely widely regarded within the paddock as a really good driver of his time. Um, a little hot-headed at times, as you said, hit a wall a couple too many times maybe. Um, but uh, no, he was definitely one of the best around when it was, you know, in his day. So you would definitely say that you think the accident played the major part in why he isn't racing today absolutely i mean so i mean he admitted as well the next year when when his teammate alonso was uh, racing for the championship he was still battling his demons um from from that crash and trying to find his mental place again in the car so it would have been really interesting to see what he could have done if he had that confidence that he had back in 2008 still and then before the crash what do you think made it so he couldn't be good or number one all the time uh so it was probably his his accident prone nature that we talked about i mean if he'd if he'd maybe made it a little further into any melbourne race ever uh he might have been in a better position at the start of the championship uh but yeah he did have those those little lapses of of uh, of ability as well as the um but is that him or is that the car oh look at the time the cars were pretty well planted um you know, accidents accidents are accidents. They do happen. Um, but maybe if he'd, if he'd been able to cut out a couple of those those little slip-ups, that he, would have, he wouldn't have had to rely on Timo Glock's Toyota in the final corner of the Interlagos race in 2008. But I guess we'll never know. Never know. That's right. What did you think about the first episode of Racing Wives? Racing Wives. <laughs> yeah. So Summer and I have just... Uh, She's 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 decided that we want to watch a <laughs> uh, a show called Racing Wives. Uh, free plug for the show Racing <laughs> Wives, I guess, where uh, wives of NASCAR drivers um, have their like Real Housewives moment. Same, same. <laughs> same, same. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly the same. Uh, the the NASCAR drivers and these these Formula One drivers, isn't it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Hit subscribe. We'll be back soon with another episode of If A Racing Podcast. Bye.